Hey everyone, we are a little late. Sorry about that, having technical difficulties. Welcome to Moms in Real Estate. I am super excited about our guest today. Um, she is an Arizona native and her name is Katrina McCarthy. Not only um, is she gonna talk about how real estate uh, can make you a lot of money, because she's an awesome producer, but also how real estate can afford you to be an awesome mom. So. We're really excited to talk with her. We may or may not see her face, but we will definitely have a great interview. Let's get started. Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Kentrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Starts now. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we hope that Katrina can get her um, camera working, but we didn't want to be too late. I know you guys were looking forward to hearing from her. Hey, Kristen. Hello. Hi, White Dot Katrina. <laughs> She's probably working on her working on her computer. So let me give you a little bit of background about our guest. She's been in the business for about five years, maybe a little over five years. And in 2019, did um, over 15 million in production. She has a team, um, two wonderful children, and um, is on a trajectory to double her business. So we're really excited to talk with her. Um, hey, Katrina, can you hear us? Oh, yes. <laughs> this is awesome. Wait a minute. We might have gotten Katrina on. There she is. And I totally just handed my phone to my child to watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment. Awesome. <laughs> this is what it means to be a mom in real estate. You have to put your stuff out. <laughs> right? Oh, yes. I can try it. I'll make it. <laughs> when in doubt, grab the cell phone, right? Oh, look at oh, you. Oh, cool. Okay. How did we not about that? I don't know. I said, how did we not think about that before? I don't know. I mean, I've tried 10 computers in the house, but we're, we got it. We're good. <laughs> we're here. Yay. <laughs> All right, so give us a little bit of background. Talk about how you got into real estate and a little bit about your family so we can get this conversation started. Okay, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> when you were born. <laughs> All right, it was a great year in 1980. Um, so I was born and raised in the Valley. Um, for those of you who have been around, born at um, Banner. So, so desert and Mesa and then born and raised in Tempe. So that's where all of my roots are. Um, our family, grandparents, aunts, uncles were all in the Chandler, Awatuki area. Um, probably why I have a passion for the East Valley. Um, but I was born and raised here, got very connected um, through friends, family, church, grew up playing sports. Um, decided to follow my sister's footsteps. She was on Palm and so started dancing at a little bit of a later age um, and was blessed to be part of the Arizona Cardinals. So I, I did that. And then um, I decided to go from the girly um, dresses to the steel toe boots. 
So right from the Cardinals, I went to work for Black and & Decker and DeWalt. And um, I had the privilege of being on and off job sites and wearing hard hats and um, still toe boots. And there's sometimes I question my career a little bit, but I just, I just trusted the path. I, I said my prayers. I remember sitting in an end cap in Iowa and you had, a store, you had to do store sets with Home Depot and Lowe's late at night. And I was in tears because I could not get the beams to fit one another. And I was like, dear Lord, why am I sitting in the middle of nowhere in Iowa putting together this beam from home? <laughs> so I think everything um, that I've experienced in my life and career has led me to this moment. And I feel so blessed. Um, one of my favorite parts of my career was working for Black and & Decker and DeWalt. I learned so much from a negotiation standpoint, sales, management, leadership. Um, from there, I went to work for New Will Rubbermaid, which I enjoyed every minute of that. It was kind of a segue from the power tools. I did custom closets and garages. Um, so that was exciting. And then from there, I went into pharmaceuticals. Um, and just to be frank, that was probably the least favorite part of my career. Um, but it also led me where I am today. That's awesome. And I did not know you were a Cardinals cheerleader. That's a fun fact. I did it for Denver Broncos. Oh, nice. That yeah, crazy. a long time ago. <laughs> we got a sister in here. It's crazy how much we have in common with you because we're both native. And I also worked in the construction field for a while, which is like so uncommon for girls too. And then you're a cheerleader and you're a cheerleader. It's crazy. That <laughs> is awesome. Right? <laughs> yes. So you went into real estate and I think what you shared is you weren't like, you didn't like what you were doing. Hi, hi Dean. <laughs> you didn't like what you were doing and, um, and why real estate? Like how'd you make that jump? I always had a, pa I've always had a passion. Um, I've always loved every bit and piece about a home and, and how a home is created through family. And so um, I used to just broker Real estate, I know that sounds silly, but for friends in college, um, I lived with, you know, um, a bunch of dear best friends and sorority sisters and lived with my sister and um, I wanted to connect people. So it, it might be part of my love for serving people. I wanted to connect people. So I started doing it on the side, but as y'all know, you can't get paid if you don't have a license. Nope. <laughs> so I would Google everything on a consumer site and then I would send it to my friend or family and say, hey, this is the house you want, whether it was for purchase or for rent. And I was working 60, hour, 60 to 80 hour work weeks at corporate. And I'm like, why am I hustling this for free? Why yeah. am I doing this for free? I have a love for it. I have a passion. But I was always so fearful to make the jump because when you work for corporate and you're in sales, you are making big bonuses, you have company cars, you have per diems, you have perks, you have travel benefits. I mean, it was really hard to leave, I guess, what um, I had created in this big security blanket yeah. and a big, a big title. So um, I just kept praying, just kept praying. Okay, God, show me the plan, show me the path. Um, my biggest fear was that, um, you know, starting a family, I would be on the road and I wouldn't be present for my babies. And so um, I did everything in my power to say, okay, what's next? How do we start this family? Um, and thank the Lord, everything fell into place. Mm, that's, that is, that is sweet right there. God, God is so good to guide us in the right path and give us like all that background um, to make you successful and where you are today. And wow, you do a fantastic business. Talk about how you're able to do 
like 15 million in production on your way to 30 and still be present for your kids. Everyone wants to know that. Ah, it's not easy. We should actually probably give that question to my husband. Um, <laughs> he really has. He has had so much grace with me throughout the years. Um, and he's had so much love and support for me personally. And then now that we've brought these beautiful babies into the world, he's, he's just a rock star. And um, thankfully, we have grown the team to where he also can be part of the team now. He's our um, director of operations. And so it is a total team effort to make sure that we're balancing. And, and I say the word balance lightly because you all know there's no such thing as balance. When you no, there's not. No. Children, oh, there's your a family. I mean, that word goes out the window. One of my dear friends, Aaron, taught me that when I was pregnant. I said, okay, you have, you have a couple boys. You're ahead of me. Tell me what, what is something I need to know? And she said, forget any sort of balance. She said, mother strive for balance. And that's, I mean, that word shouldn't even be mentioned. So she said, take your balance and throw it out the window. Mm -hmm. And I think of her daily because it is a circus daily, but I would not trade the circus for anything. And I'm so blessed that I'm here in town, that I'm not in and out of hotels and yeah. in and out of rental cars. And, you know, in the early phases, I didn't have to ship milk home. I just, my favorite part, even though my day can get extremely busy, um, my peanuts or our peanut went into kinder this year and I, I didn't miss a thing. I, I didn't miss anything. And that's because I have the ability to create and make and change my schedule any way I want. So I may start really early, but then I get a, hour break to run and meet him for his birthday lunch at school. And then I jump back into appointments. So every day is long and every day is exhausting and it truly is a circus. But I feel like that flexibility in this career has led me to where we are and led us to be this successful because we are trying to keyword and, and real estate hustle. So mm -hmm. yeah, I could not agree more. You know, I, I've been working in real estate since 2001. And there's nothing like it. Not only can you reinvent yourself over time and grow and, and stay like excited about it, but you're right. You get to make your schedule. I mean, there isn't a balance. My husband and I work together as well. And we, we learned a long time ago, we just have to decide what our three top priorities are. You know, for us, it's God and it's each other. And then number three switches around a little bit, you know, kids, business, kids, business, it depends, right? and then not let anything get out of order. And that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Just lots of prayers though. Lots of prayers. Absolutely. <laughs> and I really think, especially during this pandemic and, and you know, everything that's going on, that's just very unknown. I just, I feel like for me, what gets me through challenging times or the pandemic in which we're in is just faith, just 100% faith. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot even imagine going through life without knowing Jesus Christ. I can't, I just can't like this. It's too hard being a mom, being a woman, loving, you know, you're, you share our passion, you know, Kristen and I are extremely passionate. You are clearly passionate about real estate. How can you get through with that crazy passion and trying to be a mom and being successful because you want a career without God? I don't know how people do it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I do go into a lot of my transactions um, as you know, as agents, oftentimes a um, potential seller will interview anywhere from two agents to 10 agents, depending on who the seller is. And I am firm in my belief that I say, hey, I, I feel like it's in my blood. We will give you the best possible experience we have. We pride ourselves on the McCarthy Group experience, but I am only human and I can only take it so far. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. I'm going to ask you to have faith. 
And, you know, it's so refreshing to see how many of our clients or potential clients when I'm meeting with them agree. Um, there's a small few that look at me like I'm a unicorn, but that's okay because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do me. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. That's awesome that you do that. That is, that's powerful. Why would anybody complain about your wanting to bless them and pray with them? I mean, that's like a good thing. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, right. How passionate you are about the McCarthy experience because you've done that a couple times to us, and I love that because that you like you that is a big deal for you to carry throughout like your whole team. Yeah. So when I started the business, I I did see um, you know I was eyes wide open and I wanted to learn from anyone and everyone and I actually wasn't with a really big brokerage who had some very high top producing agents. And I paid them. I paid them gift cards, lunches, coffees, just to shadow them. And I learned what I would love to incorporate in our business. And I learned what I would not want to do ever. And some of them I would equate to, um, you know, maybe when you go to a physician and you feel like maybe that physician double or triple booked you and, and you might just feel like a number and you're flying through that appointment and, you know, you get that prescription and you're out of there and your head spinning going, did he or she even hear me? Did he right. or she listen to me. So I saw some of that in the real estate world and I thought, absolutely not. And um, before I was licen licensed, we actually had an agent experience like that. And that just gave me more drive and ambition to say, hey, people shouldn't be treated this way. People aren't just a number. And so with our experience, we do everything we can to spoil our clients. This is the one of the most hardest decisions. And sometimes this decision comes with a lot of heavy weight, whether it's a divorce, whether, you know, it's, it's adding children, it's losing children, um, you know, whether it's a financial decision. And so I want to make sure that our clients feel that they are loved and cared for through the entire, entire process. And we spoil them along the way because I mean, who doesn't love a little sweet treat or emotional eating, right? Um, <laughs> And then in the end, we love to celebrate with a, a personal, you know, closing gift or item. And our whole goal is that we stay connected, that, that they become an extension of our McCarthy group, of our family. Um, because I would never, ever in my career want someone to think that they were just a paycheck to us, that we turned and burned them, um, so to speak. And it's funny because we had quite the emotional, successful closing yesterday. And when it was one of those, I just closed my eyes and, it, and I felt like a you know football player in, in the end zone, a little NFL touchdown happened and, and just pointed up above because we made miracles happen yesterday. And that's awesome. the part about this career is once you help that, that client or that family, you know, a couple of days later, you get a great paycheck for it. So to me, it's, it's all about the journey and experience for our clients. And if I do what I was meant to do or what I was hired to do, then the bonus is, you know, that paycheck that comes later on. And the referrals that follow it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I, I often see agents who don't get this because here's the deal. When people are buying or selling that all right there is like super, super, super nervous and emotional but it's almost always coupled with something else it's um it's never just almost never just the home purchase or sale like you said it's with a birth or a death or a divorce or a job change or a job loss or something else tends to go along with it which exacerbates how hard it is to get through a transaction without losing your mind as a buyer or seller yes 
And for you to care of them so well is just, it's a servant, it's service, you know, it's a ministry. And it goes back to something you, you're really passionate about too, is like you, you do when you're like, I think in your, you know, as a wife and a mother and as a team lead, like you and a, an agent, like you have a servant heart and you lead with that everywhere from what you, I've experienced with you, which is cool. Oh, thank you. Honestly, it is one of my love languages. I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things we, we talked about things being, you know, who you are, your makeup and your blood. And I enjoy serving others. And, and I really do. And that's not just, um, you know, within our industry, it's, it's personally, I love serving my family. I love being close to family. I love serving our, our dear friends. I love serving our neighbors. And it just, I don't know. It's just something I feel privileged to do. So when, if somebody was just watching you for the first time, they're like, man, that girl, she's got, she was a cheerleader and she had a really successful career in corporate America. And look, she's killing it in real estate. She's just, wow, she's so lucky. <laughs> it's not come with any struggles, right? I mean, that's the part that I want people to know about you. You are so put together and so articulate and so successful. Talk about some of the bumps in the road. So how far back do you want to go on that one? You name the bumps because, you know, <laughs> no successful person gets there without bumps. Yep. You know, it's, it's interesting because I would love to be a motivational speaker for young individuals. And I think the reason why is I feel very passionate about this world and what's happening with social media. I feel as though when I'm, I'm guilty myself, I feel as though um, social media just paints such a different picture. Uh, Everybody looks posed. Everybody looks beautiful. There's no challenges in life. Everything comes easy. Everybody has a big house, a nice car. I mean, I think there's so much that's put out on social media that a lot of people only see what you want them to. And I wish I could go back. I actually, my dear friend, Carrie, um, brought me back last year to a high school to do, um, uh, you know, women in business speech to the senior graduates. And I, I wish I could go around just touring the country to talk to young individuals about being true to them, keeping the faith and keeping their chin up. Because I feel like this world has created so many outside distract, distractions that even as adults, we get distracted by it too. And if, if you go back to my younger years, I started dancing young. I, I believe my mom put me in Tempe Dance Academy when I was maybe in fourth grade. And that was the hot spot. That's where all of the, the young girls in town, I mean, Tempe Dance Academy, it, I mean, it was so well known. And shortly after I started taking classes, they found out that I have um, a lower fractured back. And so immediately they put me in a back brace in fourth grade, oh, come on, fourth grade. I had my boys who actually, I will not blast him on this podcast, but he is my number one lender right now. He used to knock on it because it was a hard brace and say, hello, is anyone home? And he sees me, to, I mean, to tears, to tears. And so um, for about a year, I was a porcelain doll in this back brace, wearing it 24-7 with the exception of sleeping until my, my parents took, um, took me to a second opinion. And thank the Lord we found this doctor because he said, she's young, her body's still growing. Do not hold her within this back brace. Let her live and see what happens. And, mm -hmm. and um, my parents said, well, what if it slips? What if she needs emergency surgery? What if she'll never walk again? So there was all these what ifs. 
but being raised by my parents, they have taught me to keep the faith and trust in my path and journey. And thank the Lord, I went on to dance, as I mentioned, dancing for the Cardinals. And we overcame that as, as such a, you know, a little girl, an impressionable girl who was being made fun of. I mean, we, we got through that because of the faith that we kept and we had. And another big milestone, especially for moms in real estate, was my path to becoming a mom. So it was just after 30, you know, as, as young individuals, you have your plan. I'm going to get married here. I'm going to have the baby here. I'm going to have the house here but it doesn't always go to our plan. So um, we said we wanted to start trying for a family at 30. Um, and we did, and we were a little unsuccessful at first. And you know, the OBGYN said, hey, it'll take some time, it'll take some time, don't worry about it. And so we were so blessed to be pregnant. And then, you know, within a couple of months, we lost the baby. And so the OBGYN kept saying, it's common, you're young, you're healthy don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. And my mom, who mom knows best, kept saying, something's not right. I, you're my daughter. I know you. Something's not right in you. I, you need to get checked. You need, you need to see if there's anything else going on. And mind you, if any mommies are out there listening right now, when you go through that experience, whether it's an, an, you know, newer miscarriage or, you know, I could imagine almost to the end, but you're just not right. Your hormones aren't there. You're not feeling yourself. You know, a Johnson and Johnson commercial came on and I would just lose it. I would just completely lose it. And so I was trying, cause you're, you're at that age, you're, you know, trying to stay young and, and fit and healthy. And I was working out with a, a good friend who was a trainer and, um, my heart rate spiked to the, through the roof and nearly passed out. And so with a trip to the ER and tests upon tests upon tests, they discovered that I was suffering from Graves' disease. Have you guys ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a hyperthyroid disease and um, it actually runs in our family. And we just, we thought I was in the clear for so long because it never showed signs. I never had any issues with it. Um, so after I found out, you know, you have this diagnosis, you think, okay, what's next? What, what do I do? And um, I was sitting around waiting for answers, waiting for test results. And the endocrinology system just controls your entire body. And it, and it really does control your mind. And so, um, of course, I, I seek medical attention and, and they want me to take a radioactive iodine pill to mm -hmm. yep, follow mm -hmm. it, stay away. I, I'd have to take off work for over two, two and a half weeks and stay um, away from Steve and stay in a hotel room. And, you know, it would destroy my thyroid basically. Mm -hmm. and so I pressed back on the doctors and said, Hey, I, I would like to have a family. And if I'm taking this radioactive iodine pill, what is it going to do to the rest of my system on the way right. down? And so um, they said, okay, we'll give you medication, but this isn't your long-term fix. We can't do this forever. And so naturally I wanted a second opinion because I learned with that back experience that you always get a second opinion. So I went to Mayo Clinic and I was sitting in front of a doctor. She was reading all of my labs and results. And she said, it's not gonna happen. She said, your levels are all over the board. It is not gonna happen. And I just, I kind of swallowed and gulped and, and I rolled back the tears. And at the time I had a dear friend passing away from ALS, never forget the timing. And that's when I turned to my faith and said, okay, Tony is fighting a battle right now for his life. I will become a mama. However, God wants me to become a mommy. Mm -hmm. And so I fought back the tears, gathered all, uh, I mean, a thick pile of all of my labs and I left. And by the grace of God, 
I was pregnant sitting in front of that Mayo Clinic doctor. My God, every time you say that, I get chills. I know. I, that's had, no I, had, I had no idea, but he had answered our prayers. And you guys, I had put a little baby in a bassinet on my vision board every year. So I do a vision board. I know it's common in our industry, but I had done it well before that and just had that baby in the center and looked at that little baby, boy or girl, didn't matter. Just looked at that little baby I put in that bassinet and said, okay, God, I want to become a mama. Like, how are, you know, how are we going to do this together? How are we going to make this happen? And so shortly after the Mayo Clinic visit, found out we were pregnant with Mason, which actually put the Graves disease into remission. So I've never, I, throughout my pregnancies, I never felt so great because it was me with, with everything going on in your body and the hormones and whatnot, and to give that stable environment for that little peanut, uh, it puts the disease into remission. So went into remission, had a beautiful delivery, a beautiful baby boy. And then it's, it's interesting because after we had him, um, you know, there, there was a little bit of spike and I went back to the doctor and he pressed the pill again. And I said, our family's not done yet. So we, you know, we, we want another one. We're praying for two. And so he said, okay, then we won't do anything now, but when you have your, your last baby, you need to come see us. And so of course, naturally Steve and I thought, okay, it's probably going to take another year or two, you know, with, with the struggles we have with the thyroid issues and the endocrinology system, it'll take some time. Well, again, the grace of God, it was our first try. And I'll never forget, I was in Utah with my sister and we were with the whole family and Steve went out to photograph the, you know, the beautiful scenery and, and Utah and my sister and I found out together. And so um, he came back and we had, you know, hit the test and like, he turned around white as a ghost. He's like, what? Cause I mean, when you have a child who's approaching, you know, two years old, you, you have a baby under two, life is still wild right then. Yeah. And then. Yeah. So, you know, we, we both thought it may take another year. Um, but thank the Lord, we, we had another beautiful pregnancy, another beautiful baby boy, and they're just over two years apart. Um, that is such an inspiring story. Yes. And, and they are absolutely amazing. Um, shortly after we had Carson, unfortunately, um, everything ramped back up with the Graves disease. And so went back to the doctor and he pushed the pill and I said, I've got two little boys. I can't be away from them for 10 days and I'm still worried what will happen. And so he said, okay, I'm going to recommend some surgeons for you. And so I, you know, the thought of going, um, under the knife when you have two little ones at home still just was, was not the answer for me. Um, so thank goodness my sister found an amazing physician out in Utah that she has worked with because she also struggles from some of the same issues. Um, his name is Dr. Red and I worked closely with um, one of his number one physicians, Dr. Stadler, to manage these diseases, and I say diseases because it came out that I have Hashimoto's as well. So I didn't know because they're complete opposites. Yeah. I had no idea that I could be diagnosed with both. It just um, means you're on a constant roller coaster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, again, my husband's a saint. It, it's funny because we learn to have little trigger words, right? He's like, hey, hon, how's your thyroid doing? Uh, you know, like he, he knows little ways because if he sees behavior that's not me he understands okay she's she's struggling a little bit like she's yeah. suffering a little bit so we had to oh my gosh right <laughs> so he's he's learned to um to have grace with me and just say hey you know how's everything feeling how are you doing and he just he knows when something may not be right and 
um, through the help of Red River, I've learned to stay away from my triggers because the triggers cause the inflammation in the body, which causes the diseases to trigger. Um, and I've just, I've learned a healthier lifestyle. So I have been years without the medication. I have not gone in for the pill and I have not gone in for surgery. So I'm going to continue to battle these two diseases because I want to be confident and comfortable, um, being here to watch my babies grow and not do something that hurt me. Well, you know what? That is super inspiring. It really is. is, Yeah. Um, I, okay. Fun fact that Kristen doesn't even know about me, but your little childhood story of the back brace. This is, this is so awful. Like I'm permanently scarred. It's why I'm such a nerd. When I grew, I grew like really fast. Like one summer I grew over four inches. And one of my legs wasn't as long as the other one. So I had to like wear all kinds of lifts and like weird things. You know how hard that is for a kid who not only grew like that, I grew like that, like that. I'm wearing lifts in my shoes. I'm like wearing all these. I was like, the my arms grew. I have unusually long arms. They grew before everything else. I was like, it was so awful. It was so awful. Isn't that hard? Yeah. I do. Because kids are awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I just can't imagine. Because I bet it was just like, yeah. How old were you, Angela? I was, it it started in like fourth grade and took a while. (laughs) I just think of, hello, is anyone in there? I'm like, oh, I was like, trigger, 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 all these things from when you're a kid. Because kids are ruthless, man. They're terrible. They are. And that's why I wish we could go back and, and talk to our young young children. I know it's hard as a parent when you say, oh, honey, you're beautiful. Oh, honey, you're, you're talented or you're, you're not fat or this or that. Because, I mean, even at a young age in kindergarten, um, one of my, my good friends we went to preschool with, her daughter is already getting teased in kinder. And I, it just, as a mom, I mean, it's not even my child, but it just, it breaks your heart. And you mm-hmm. wish you could go back and say, you know, everything's going to be okay. And there's going to be value in that. I had, um, you know, in my younger days, same thing. I, 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 to this day have long arms. It's a joke in the family that I can reach anything. Like if you need something behind the entertainment same. center, same plastic girl, I'm your girl, I'm your girl, but it's interesting because the individual who made fun of me in junior high, his name is Chris, not you know, not to put him on blast, but there's a gazillion Chris's in this world. <laughs> I, I wish I could turn to him now and say, I am so happy and blessed for these arms because I've got two boys in the back seat when I'm driving that I can reach, I can hand them anything. And, you know, there are things that you will be teased and made fun of that will be part of your journey, help you grow and help you be a stronger person. You know, God revealed to me why he gave me unusually long arms. If you've ever met my husband, He's unusually broad around the chest, and I can pull on hug him. <laughs> bear hug. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are coming back on the show. We're doing Katrina part two because this was so much fun from the beginning, technical difficulties, right through the end. That was awesome.
And next you. time I will be home with my whole family. I know, right? <laughs> this yeah, I, can I can do it from home. Never again. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to lock them in the bedroom. You got to tie everybody up. They got them. out. <laughs> and my husband, I'm like, I don't even know why he's home right now. <laughs> the garage opening, I'm like, <gasps> yeah, I it's see okay. him in the back. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's a perfect segue to what our second show will be about when we invite you back. And that will be how we need to band together and be real. Like this yeah. is as real as it got right here. Kids in the background, yeah. lifting our shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I was on mute because then it would get real, real. If you heard <laughs> I saw. I am sure that our audience today and all the way through the week watching you is going to be as delightful as we feel right now. We're so blessed to have you on here. Thank you very much, Kristen, for inviting her. Um, you're coming back. Oh, thank you guys. I, I appreciate just you wanting to talk to me is an honor. It really is. So thank you so much. It will absolutely make my day and week just to chat. I mean, let's face it. We're all kind of quarantined at home, right? It's a little girl time right here, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Stay on after we end the broadcast. You guys come and see us next week. Share this with all your friends. It's really wonderful. And um, God bless all of you. Thank you. Bye.